Welcome to the No Guts, No Galaxy MechWare Podcast number six. My name is Phil and I'll be your host tonight. It is December 8, 2011 and we'd like to apologize on our slight delay, but we couldn't get it to you today and we had to record. Uh, sorry about that, but we got real lives and Darren is baby, so he's got to take care of all that. So uh, today we've got Darren and uh, Darren, you want to kick out the uh, shout outs today? Yeah, uh, I'd like to give a shout out to my buddies in uh, Wolves in Exile and uh, Tin Can Heroes in World of Tanks. And you guys know Greg. Greg, who do you got today? I'll give shout outs to uh, some Eve players, Tortugan, he's in my corp, and Emperor Ryan, who just nailed us an enormous jump freighter kill last night with like three people. Very cool. Nice. Brandon, how about you, buddy? I just want to give my shout out to Comstar for hiring some Com guards for the forms. <laughs> and if you didn't know, Comstar is PGI's covert name. So yeah, we got some new moderators. And I'm going to give a shout out to all the Manchester United followers out there. Red Devils, guys. Got to stick with them. Alright, so we got a full schedule today. Um, first, we got a request from the devs, which is really cool. I'm we are all honored that they would approach us and ask us to remind you guys to keep updating the wiki. Um, as new information comes out, sometimes daily, uh, whether it's little tidbits here and there, um, if you guys would have a, head over to the, the Warrior wiki, and again, you can find that on our website and on the forums. Um, but uh, keep up those uh, those wiki uh, items. I don't, I've actually never met it, <laughs> messed with one of those. So uh, Wednesday's release, yesterday, sort of uh, shed lights on a lot of things, uh, creates some questions here or there, but it definitely puts some, you know, a foundation down for uh, some things. So what I'm going to do is, I read it, but what I interpreted may be something else, What you know, and I think uh, having all of us together here. And so first off, it's Community Warfare Month, and basically they said they're going to be releasing, um, you know, a lot of stuff as far as what that has to do with the Community Warfare. Um, and so, community being uh, the Battletech MechWarrior players in uh, this game, you know, not just one, you know, Merc group, but the whole. And so, we've got the Inner Sphere. Now, we didn't know how big the map or, you know, how much detail, but right off the bat, what are your guys' thoughts about, I mean, it's the full damn map. I mean, it's the whole Inner Sphere. I mean, all the planets and some of the periphery bandits sort of. I mean, what were your guys' initial thoughts just seeing that? I mean, before you even read, I mean. <laughs> that was my initial from thought. ear to ear, baby. Was that your O face there, Darren? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh my god. It's a thing I of beauty. Such a huge smile. I, I didn't even need to read it. I just opened it up, and there was the map, and it had all the planets, <laughs> and it had the distances and everything. I was like, ah. My, my question is uh, when will the developers start making these into mass production maps where I can buy one? Yeah. Well, actually, yeah. you can. I have one of these, uh, not this particular one, but I have an Intersphere map. I mean, if you're a BattleTech, uh, most of the board games actually came with uh, Intersphere maps. So, um, I know you're younger, so we won't hold it to you, Brandon. But, but it didn't really come with a map that you can use to like take up an entire wall in your bedroom. I'd no. like to see that. Yeah, why? 
wonder what my girl would think about that. She actually probably just be like, "Yeah, wow, Phil, what a nerd." So. So you hear that, Commissioner? Get a big ass mat, so I can give you my money. Get a big ceiling map so you can go to bed every night dreaming about which territories you're going to conquer and you can wake up every morning to the same thing. Yes. You know, it, this might be one of those things, too, um, uh, you know, to the devs, a little bit of moneymaker for you, but something, you know, juicy for us. You know those, like, wall stickers you can get of, like, the football players and stuff? Hell yeah. Oh, my God. Give <laughs> no, me a mech Max. that's that oh. size I can have. My man cave. Oh, oh. So, oh awesome idea. Genius genius okay if you guys can do that or there's some way you guys should do that maybe iglesias <laughs> can do it with his images or something i would buy one i'll buy Me too. you okay uh, let's move on Let, let's stay on topic but uh so also with the the map they basically said you know th they were talking about what it means the concept of the inner sphere uh, and the timeline and again they sort of reiterated the um if it's wednesday december 7th 2011 then it's Wednesday, December seventh, three thousand forty-eight. So again, they're they're hitting on that sort of uh, what, what's the term for it again, Darren? You correct me, like oh, the a, alternate timeline. Yeah. Um. So they're using that, and um, they say this means every time you log into MechWare Online, uh, something new has happened every day. Now maybe news updates via the ISN news feed, news reporter features, which is very cool, which might tie into the. To the radio and we'll talk about that in a little bit uh battle feeds um keep players up to date on current events and then the cool thing and, and uh i was talking to uh steven um you know and steven is running the uh ngng hyper pulse radio that will be kicking off soon and he you know he was really keen on this and he said the rss style feed that is awesome because what that's going to do is it's going to let the community do role play, keep up with the news. I mean, that whole sort of information as far as just getting to the player and feedback right away of what not only what's going on with you, but what's going on the other side of the inner sphere. What battles, what mechs are lost, I'm assuming. You know, what's going on? You know, who's winning, who's who's losing, who, you know. Um, it's going to be that, cool. Yeah, it's going to be great for the community. It's going to build a lot of uh, community feeling. I mean, Alex, with with Eve, um, this is this is one of those things that when I read this, I sort of think of Eve uh, news. I mean, what do you? I mean, do you see sort of that being able, uh, you know, all that information? I mean, it pretty much feeds itself to having news updates almost on a daily basis. I mean, do you agree? Yeah, I mean, there's always going to be something going on, and I think uh, <clears throat> getting that. Getting that out there with daily updates is going to help bring the community together quite a bit. Um, the only thing I think is going to... Well, I guess it really depends on how they work, the travel time thing, but... That perfect information idea where you're, you're going to get real-time updates every day of what's going on... Is going to take away a little bit if you can react instantly to that information. Uh, I mean, how important was, like travel time hpg generators in the battletech universe uh not necessarily know that planets were being invaded or that huge forces were in one spot when you thought they were somewhere else that was a big deal so i would like to see that somehow preserved but uh i think getting the news across is awesome i i don't what i what i don't want to have happen is have there be a news thing like oh 
uh, Davian's launching a major invasion on this planet, and then all the Korea players go there the next minute. That's what I don't want to see. Gotcha. So you, what you're saying is, you understand they have to create a balancing, because, I mean, and for you guys uh, new to MechWarrior Battletech, which I'm sure no one here, but we'll go over it. I mean, the travel time from ground in a dropship to a jump ship, jumping through to another system, unless you do like a special type of jump near the planet, sometimes would take, you know, three to seven days just to get from Earth to the jump ship. And so I think what you're hitting at is, are they going to speed that up? And if so... Does that actually affect the allocation and reallocation of units from one area to the other and creating sort of a, would you call it, an, not unrealistic, but a sort of... If you see some news that there's an invasion, it at least takes one real day to amount any sort of, you know, uh, counterattack or something like that. I, I don't want to see the instantaneous thing either. Yeah. So, You'll have so... the blobbing situation that you have in EVE, which, you know, is good for EVE, but for a MechWarrior Battletech game doesn't really make a lot of sense. Especially the scale at which they're talking about doing this game. So, you know, while it might be great for EVE, for instance, like, you get a notification or, you know, things travel down the grapevine that this system's being reinforced, and then within 48 hours you'll have an entire coalition's hundreds, thousands of players all relocating down there for that particular engagement. But, uh, you know, for like the 12 versus 12 matches, or just like the style of play that they're talking about here, that's not going to make a whole lot of sense. And it's not going to make a whole lot of fun gameplay decisions if you don't have to worry about which planet you're fighting over, because you can fight on any planet. And as soon as you get a little news that this is going on in this place, you can move over there and then just move back to what you were doing before with no consequence. If there's a delay, and I, I agree that it's going to have to be shortened, uh, just for gameplay fun reasons. Like, you don't want to spend two weeks getting between no. planets. Um, especially if one day in the game is one day in real life. But at the same time... You're going to want to have a situation where you have certain units garrisoning certain worlds, and that's their job to protect that world and maybe raid one jump off that world or something. And to go further away would put their holdings in jeopardy. And it would be nice to see a you know an advantage to a surprise attack, like a legitimate one. So for those out there, obviously, um, jump ships go from like, I think, 30 light year jump you know, as far as, like, the distance or whatever. So if you look at the Interstellar map, I mean, it's, it's huge. So uh, I think what I'm, I'm gathering from you guys as well is if, if my Merc unit or whatever is up at the top of the FFR, you know, FRR space, and I can just instantly hop down to the bottom of the, you know, Capellant space, you know, that, that's not really... Uh, I see the exact same problem, uh, like what you're talking about, is blobbing. I mean, as soon as this fight, oh, we can't let it go, so everyone rushes there. Where if it took three, four days to get there, um, I think that would be reasonable. It's, Not it's, just get there, get back, too. That's the yeah. important thing. But it's also, I think, incredibly difficult to balance this in a game, because what does that mean, that for three or four days we can't play? Well, maybe it, maybe it's like on your way down. There's and again, we just need a little bit more info. Um, they gave us this. It's sort of like showing you as something shiny, but they're not telling you what it is all the way. Um, I think we can sit here and we can speculate, but battles are going to have to be you know available to you 
all the time. I mean, for, for the most part. Um, what I'm wondering is how how they are going to do that transfer units, or um, is there only set amount of units on the ground? You know, I mean, is it is it one of those things where the unit only has X amount of mechs on the ground, and once those are you know used up, you know, is this? There's obviously a lot of stuff we don't know. What I can say for sure myself is that I'm just happy that they're going big. Yeah. Yeah. And and you almost have to, right? Because I mean. This isn't a community that's, I mean, even right now, even if it was just the members who are subscribed to the forums as of right now, I mean, that's quite a lot of people, and you have to make sure there's enough going on for your player base at any one time. So, uh, let's move on. There's really not much we can go other than, you know, uh, again, we don't know how they're going to do the drops, you know, what's available, does it take time to go, I mean... We'll wait and see, but I'm thrilled that they're going that big as well. And uh, again, if you guys take a look at the map, it's cool because it gives a breakdown of the actual regions and what like areas are called inside the, the houses as well. Um, and uh, gives you a breakdown of that as well. So we're going to move on down to, uh, to Faction Warfare. Now, I, to be honest, uh, I think I read this wrong the first time I read it through because I was out... I was at um, work today, and I was at lunch, and I was checking the forums, and someone was like, well, you know, I don't think it means that. And I was like, well... And so basically, the gist of it, they say the Inner Sphere is broken up into several factions. We all know that. They all have their regions, sub-regions. Usually someone's at war with somebody any given time. Um, and then it says players can be active or passive participants in this battle by following one of three paths. Now, when I read this, I think... I assumed when it said pledging alliance to a faction, joining a mercenary corporation, or remaining neutral meant neutral corp. But I, I think what it means is you can be a part of a actual house, join a merc corp unit, and or remain neutral. Um, I mean, is that what you guys are reading right there, right off the bat? You're either fighting for a house, for a merc, cor merc corp, or yourself. And um, yeah, I mean, that's that's how I understood it. I didn't know there was another way to understand it. Well, I guess I just skimmed over it, and I just automatically assumed... Are you still on those pain meds? Actually, yes. <laughs> Thank you for asking, but yes, it's still a, it's like a charley horse. And then it's, it goes on to say, At its core, the ter territory battle is a fight for resources, which are basically planets. Planets are divided up into three. Each type requires a more active level of participation by the player, and as a result earns greater rewards so your actual uh, activity will affect the type of you know your participation affects what type of world these are um, so you know your inactive units will sort of fade off and get replaced by more active units and so you've got core worlds um, and they're managed by the dev team um, they basically said these are you know this is so brutal, man. This is going to just make me so friggin' addicted to this game because I'm never going to want to fade out and not be, you know. Yeah. It offers those who have been wanting to be. You know, you, we've read it. We've, we've mm -hmm. wanted to live it, and we've never had that opportunity as far as a sort of persistent you, you going out there and making a name for yourself. And so it'll be cool. And then the second one is, or I should say, the core worlds are basically what's in the history and what we know the story to be in Battletech. And so, like, there's key worlds that just won't be able to take over. You can't take, you know, Tharkid over. You, you can't take Lutheran over. I mean, you just can't do it. Um, but then they go on to say that faction worlds 
um, are fought over by faction players. These planets buffer core and border worlds and do not play a significant role in major historical events. Rewards for controlling these planets are directly linked to the global bonuses. So I mentioned global bonuses, so that may be production or amount of sea bills you get, or maybe there's like strategic ones where light, medium, heavy, or salt mechs, or maybe, uh, I mean, we just don't know, um, abilities associated with player factions. So before we go any further, um, go back up to pledging allegiance to a faction, so now we have faction warfare going on, and that four worlds battling, and the faction worlds. What I'm wondering is who gets to choose those. You know, who gets to choose the conflicts? Is no, un- no. Unfortunately, I mean, I don't. I was going to save it to when we got there, but basically, it's going to be just whoever the most active faction players are, which is a little irritating to me because I don't want, you know, no, no insult intended towards 10 year olds i've had them and was one once but i don't want just a bunch of kids that have 24 7 365 time to play the game making all the big decisions well i'm wondering because well maybe let's talk about it when we get there let's go yeah. to another one uh border worlds are fought over via a contract bidding system by player run mercenary corps um these planets change hands on a regular basis and have no impact on historical events now they say rewards for controlling a border world are significant and go directly to the occupying Merc Corp. I love it. Now, what this said to me was that they're dividing the community into three parts. The casual player, which is the lone wolf guy. The more than casual player, but not super hardcore. Kind of likes the RP elements of the Battletech universe. That's the faction players. They're going to be fighting over these core worlds. Not the the dev reserved ones but close and then the really hardcore players which want to organize their own groups and they want to come in there and like do the conquest kind of thing and have a competitive environment where they're competing for resources that only affect them and not really this larger house picture that's what it said to me and it actually i think that's pretty smart people can try different things and see what they like and uh, whatever fits their particular play style so it's like putting, if you're that Merc Corp, if you decide to be Merc Corp, you can put it all out there. And there could be a lot of reward, but then there's a lot of risk. What I'm hoping is that turns out to be the best of the best, you know, with the skills and the strategies and the logistics and so forth. You know, I, I love that competitive environment, and that's really what I want to see there. The only other, the only thing that pops out that I guess it would be a question is they say, the border worlds are run by mercenary corporations. One thing I want to know is now that they've got these three different sort of, uh, you know, player bases, um, can you be hired as a, a, as a Merc Corp? You know, is there a contract system to where someone yeah. can say, you know, hey, I need you to attack this, this, and this, and maybe there's stipulations or whatever. I don't know how they would do that. And at the, you know, here's half of it up front or and you get the rest at the end or, you know, because if it's just you on the outside and you, you know, that's not, I think it'd be really cool for, you know, the faction guys, whoever that is, to basically say, hey, you know, we're getting our ass kicked over here by the, you know, uh, the Credans. We need some help. We want you to hit this uh, the system behind their line, you know, stuff like that. I want to know if that's possible, because, I mean, that adds a lot to it, right? It's not going to be, though, because they said pretty clearly that the border worlds are not going to have any historical significance, 
and the resources are only going to directly affect the merc unit that's occupying them. Whereas but what if the you're doing faction the... worlds are going to benefit the houses, and the merc units can't fight for the faction worlds. Well, it doesn't say it doesn't say they can't. Now, if you're a merc, you may not actually get the planet, but if you do the job, I mean, obviously you get the job, get the job done, you get paid or whatever, and that faction wins. I mean, that's I mean, I would say that's one thing I guess we would want to know is, you know, is that a possibility, Brandon? Uh, I just noticed there when you said. Uh introducing other play or hiring other uh, merc companies uh, under another contract I, I actually asked that to the devs there in the uh, FAQ that's going on right now but mainly where it says they're the bidding system would you also be able to say if you're invading uh, a border world would you be able to hire on contract a, another mercenary company to help fill your ranks say they got three lances uh, defending but you only have one lance active at the moment would you be able to be higher out and get another lance in with you? You know, obviously there's already alliances to be made out there, right? I mean, you can you can almost assume that there will be groups with a common goal and common Watching enemy. each other's backs. Yeah, and so, I mean, and that happens in any game. Eve, you've got whole coalitions um, that are basically different alliances that, you know, band together and, you know, help watch each other's back and come to each other's aid. I mean, will we see that? And, um... A curious I guess. side note, I'm wondering if uh, the Merc units being out in the border worlds, if they'll be the first to have contact with uh, the clans and then possibly the first to get salvage. And so now what I'm, another question that arises is the faction pilots. Is it one of those things where, you know, they're sort of taken care of, you know, they're, you know, given a mech, but maybe it's... It, it's harder to get, you know, you know, machines or you know, uh, stuff because their house and it, it maybe takes longer. Whereas if you're a Merc Corp, that you know, it's all that risk versus reward, and you can make all the money. But uh, yeah, devs, if you're listening to this, maybe uh, you know, give us a little bit more. You know, show us something else shiny on the next one about that. Um, let's move on. Um, now they did say it's important to state now that worlds can change from border to faction, to core, or any combination thereof at any time by the development team. Um, this is necessary to uh, you know, facilitate dramatic changes in faction territory control as we progress through some tumultuous times within Battletech Universe. Right off the bat, what that sort of pipes up to me is right above the FRR, or even the FRR, is, and, and uh, part of that wedge when the clans come in. You're fucked. I mean, <laughs> you, you know, there's nothing you can do, and you're gonna lose control. Buddha. So, you know, they basically said they reserve the right to basically move that along, which I totally understand. So, um, now it says faction worlds. The battle for control over faction planets is simply is a simple war of attrition. The faction with most influence over a particular planet occupies it. By virtue of simply competing in online matches, faction players contribute influence points to target planets. So right off the bat, um, that pops in my mind is, let's take planet A, and it's being contested. And so you've got faction uh, pilots from both teams, basically, both houses. And I would almost imagine it's, it's like a sort of like a drop system where you say, you know, fight, and you get dropped into a... Maybe you do get to pick, like, uh, a platoon or, a, you know, a lance, you know, with your buddies or whatever in the faction. But you drop, and you've got, you know, 16 of, you know, 
team A and six team of team B. And, you know, that basically happens over and over and over and over and over throughout maybe a day or two or whatever. And however many mechs, you know, I mean, is that what you guys are sort of seeing or reading? I should say not seeing. What I'm seeing is it says the faction with the most influence over a particular planet occupies it. Basically, what I'm reading there in that little section is that there might be more than one person on the planet at a time who has influence. Simply competing in online matches, faction players contribute influence points towards target planets. So that means there's multiple matches. I would almost see, you know, like one of those bars, right? You know, like a health bar or, you know, a bar. And it's got a little indicator in the middle and you've got blue on one side and red on the other. And uh, if you're on Team Blue and you keep winning matches, that blue bar moves to the right yeah, a little bit more. It's basically you know, whoever, whichever side's winning the most is going to yeah. take over. This is the multiplayer Battletech 3025 model. This is that, that beta that never actually got made into a game. This is exactly, exactly what it was. It was... I mean, typically just two houses that could compete. Although I guess you could have three. I don't honestly remember. But you had each one having a certain amount of influence in the area. And if you won a match, your thing went up one and theirs went down one. If they won, vice versa. And you just had to keep doing drops over and over again to try to grind that up. And the only suck part was if there were no players to oppose you, you would just have to like do drops and like wait ten minutes and then do another drop and wait 10 minutes. You didn't actually play. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hope there's at least something for you to go shoot, even if there aren't people there. Battletech Solaris, when that situation occurred, that you played NPCs, if I remember right. I it's not for Solaris, it, you only played players. And there was no uh, conquest portion. I, I vaguely remember NPCs, but I may be wrong. Somebody can correct me if I am. All right, so... Let's move on by Border Worlds. Now, this one's a little bit more in-depth. Um, mercenary corporations can bid and fight for occupation rights um, of Border Worlds throughout the inner sphere. Merc Corps must bid on a planet's occupation rights via a system of contracts generated by the game. Um, then it goes... Excuse me. Then it goes to say a match of series... A match or series of matches are set up between defending Merc Corp and challengers. So... We already, that sort of answers one of ours, you know, um, are you going to be on? Do you get to plan when the matches happen? It looks basically like you get to set up sort of when that happens. I'm, I'm assuming within a 24-hour period. The victor is determined from the results of each match and takes control of the planet. So right off the bat, we have not just one match, but a series of matches. And I'm assuming, you know, you win X amount, like two out of three or whatever, or maybe you have to win them all. They are rewarded with an immediate contract payout and will continue to earn rewards while they occupy the planet. I lived in null space when I played EVE, and that's basically what that's, this sounds like to me. It sounds like this is where I'm going to be spending my time. Yeah, I mean, it sounds cool. I'll probably be doing that, uh, especially since there's been a lot of pressure for me to start Noir <laughs> and MWO. I guess that's where we're going. Um but, you know, I, I can easily see the appeal for the uh, the faction players to sort of get involved in the storyline a bit more. And, you know, maybe wonder, we'll be able to have multiple accounts or... Yeah, that's what I was going to say, how hard it would be to switch between. Because it would be cool maybe as a uh, Merc Corp to just take a break and go fight for a faction for a while or something like that. You know, together still. You know, I'm wondering what rewards, too. Like, I mean, what is that? Is that 
Oh, there's certain ones that have uh, factories as far as you know, mech factories. Uh, are we talking about just loyalty points? Um, you know, how does that work? We're about to get into loyalty points, but um, Atlas is for all. <laughs> Steiner. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to uh, loyalty points and rank. Now, this, this is a little bit different, and it says loyalty points are used to determine how devoted you have been to a particular faction. Um, and I think this may, it, it dives into each one, but uh, it says the more loyal you are, the greater the reward. Loyalty points are earned by engaging in activities that further the goals of a particular faction. So basically, if you work for Davion, and all you do, and it, everything you do is pro Davion, whether you're a merc group or lone wolf or a faction player, it basically rewards you for that. And um, example is killing an enemy faction player would earn you one or any uh, LP. Loyalty points decay over time if a player is not active. Participating in negative actions can also decrease LP. So I like that just for the fact that um, it, it doesn't, you know, basically if you're one of those like top players or a, a group and you're getting all this sort of LP and no one. Uh, you sort of become inactive. Uh, you don't stay at the top. You basically you start to fall down the ladder of ranking. Uh, at least that's what I I understood from this. And so let's dive into the, the first little tidbit and I'll get you guys feedback. And it says, faction players. As a faction player, loyalty points are earned by playing and winning matches. As the player accumulates loyalty points, they will gain military faction rank at a predetermined loyalty point. Uh, point totals. If a player loses LPs by decay or negative actions, they will be demoted. Uh, gaining ranks earn special privileges and items, including membership to special units, uh, which, by the way, I think is, like, say you're just in a regular Davion guard, maybe it allows you to be in, like, uh, the Prince's, you know, guard or something like that, which I thought that's pretty cool to sort of think. Um, unit skins and bonuses to C-bills and XP. Now, this is the first time, you know, they've sort of mentioned the XP uh, experience points. Um, these are all non-permanent and subject to player maintaining a certain rank level. Um, at the highest possible levels, players can begin to influence their faction by controlling which planets are targeted in territory conquest. Greg, you want to go first? Uh, I'll, I want to hear what other people have to say about this, because there was a big like freak out on the forums about this that I uh, did not register with me first at all because I didn't have a the gaming background of some people. Apparently WoW okay. tried this before. Never played uh, WoW. Did they it? didn't while I was playing, but uh, I, I'm a little uncomfortable with this um, because, again, it's just it's basically giving whoever has the most time on their hands the ability to influence the game at the um, territory level, you know, and picking which targets there are, and, and the, the, so that irritates me a little bit. But also, like, um, what I would, would, what doesn't appeal to me here as a player, is you can't. I, I don't see that you can play with your friends as much as if you're in a Merc Corp. You know, like, you, it sounds like if you're at a certain experience level, you could be in a special unit. Well, then who are you playing with? And I don't know. I mean, there's things about this I like the able to get the skins and bonuses to CC builds and experience, but I'm a little uncomfortable with it as well. My only question is, uh, what would the decay rate be like? Would it be hourly? Because I know some people can, like Darren said, don't have a lot of time on their hands, and maybe they can only hop into one game. 
would they be penalized even if they just get that one game in? Oh, I, I doubt, doubt it's going to be hourly, guys. Come on. Yeah. Oh, no, it, no, it would I mean, be like be... <laughs> it would be like weekly or or monthly. I mean, and it probably wouldn't be that much of a degradation. Um, and remember, we're talking about faction players here, and I do agree with you, Darren. I don't think we'll have ten-year-olds ruling the battlefield. Um, and I'm wondering what sort of there's there's two different distinct things. There's leadership and you know pilots and do you want just a, you know, the best pilot or mech warrior isn't necessarily the, you know, a good leader. I mean, usually it's good leaders and uh, they have good people underneath them. You know, that leader actually may be a pretty crappy pilot, but he's good with logistics or planning or tactics or strategy. And he surrounds himself with good pilot. And so what I'm wondering is if the player can determine which planets are going to be, you know, targeted, what if they are an idiot. I mean, uh, granted, real-world you know scenario, you do sometimes have superiors above you. Speaking from, you know, uh, actual experience, uh, you do have leaders above you that are sometimes not as bright, you know, of compared to you know yourself or others. And so it's one of those things. I definitely see where you might come from, Darren. Is you know you don't want a ten-year-old um, choosing what battles you're or leading me in battle. Well, I, you know, and this I think this comes down to is how the drop works. Um, I still think you'll be able, if, if you have buddies who are in the same faction as you, I think you'll be able to, you know, lance up and drop in battle. And they actually mentioned that. Remember that you know, when this all came out, uh, they mentioned you'll be able to lance up and drop. Mm -hmm. Or if you wanted to, you could just drop Lone Wolf. A little weird. I, I agree with you. There's something we need a little bit more there to, to reassure us. Or that just may not be where we play, you know, or we do it from time to time, but our the majority of our time is spent as a Merc Corp because it fulfills our needs. Well, and for the most part, I'm going to be in a Merc, uh, you know, you're going to be in a Merc, so I don't <laughs> think that necessarily, um, and I think maybe there was a little bit of confusion on the forums earlier. If you're in a Merc Corp and you have a bad leader, well, guess what? You either let him be the leader or you joined a, a Corp and, well, you're the new guy and you have to suck it up. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things yeah. where... So let's move on to Mercenary Corp players, and it says, as a Mercenary Corporation, all members earn loyalty points. All members earned loyalty points go to the Merc Corp. The Merc Corp must have a minimum amount of loyalty points with a faction before they're able to engage in planetary combat on behalf of that faction. So right off the bat, that basically says you have to, like, engagements aren't only uh, with that faction. I don't know how to pronounce this uh, or say it. Sorry, it's kicking in. This one sort of sent me a bit because it seems like they have a pretty clear delineation between the types of players and wasn't really clear how Merc players would get faction loyalty points unless I guess they were allowed to do some lone wolf stuff, which I guess comes back into the what's the travel time here? Can players go between planets instantly? And or is it? Can we only go between the different faction planets instantly? Like, if our Merc Corp is up here, can we do something in the faction area? Can we do something in the Lone Wolf area? Probably not the faction area, I would guess. But it's uh, yeah, it's not really clear there. And then it goes on to say, uh, loyalty points also determine the type and level of contract a Merc Corp is permitted to bid on. 
These loyalty points restrictions mean that Merc Corp's membership must remain active in order to maintain the required level of LPs, which I, I agree with that last one. And then it says ranks are created within Merc Corps by the Merc Corp leader. The naming of the ranks is entirely up to them. Um, and then uh, Merc Corp permissions, um, you know, for whatever rank. So I'm assuming it's sort of like Eve, given you know your corporate members, you know, all access. Like, do you create a director and they can do whatever? But then, you know, you have to trust them because they could, you know, steal everything you have. And what do you guys think of that one statement? Loyalty points also determine the type and level of contract that Merc Corp is permitted to bid on. Uh, it's that's basically saying people who have played more and have more skill can get the harder uh, contracts. Um, yeah, like basically, I think everybody's going to have to probably start off as a faction player so that we can accumulate loyalty points. And then you start a Merc Corp and the accumulated members, all their loyalty points, set them to whatever standard they have for contracts. That's my guess, anyway. I think it's good. Um, it'll it'll let the uh, really active, hardcore guys get rewards for doing that. And it will also... I mean, it doesn't necessarily say that they'll be prevented from going for lower contracts once they have a certain loyalty point threshold, but I imagine the incentives for doing so just won't be there. So it'll prevent the really organized guys from just absolutely stomping new people that come in. And I guess sort of create a system where the better players are playing the better players for these contracts and getting rewarded for it. And the uh, the less organized guys or the less experienced guys are still building themselves up. Which is a pretty good system, frankly. Okay, okay. Um what I'm wondering is, when you do these contracts or whatever, and say you win one, um, is it one of those things that when you drop, is it other Merc Corps that you fight? Or is it, you know, faction play? Like, I'm wondering how that works. Or is it just a whole bunch of lone wolves? Like, you know, you guys may be organized, but what about the enemy? And, you know, the said mechs on planet, like... Um, that's what sort of pops up in my mind is how that's run. So obviously we don't know the answers to that, but it would be pretty interesting to see how they... As many different ways they can make uh, engagements happen, the better to me. I think, I think it would be varied depending on the contract. I mean, if some if you pick up a contract from a faction saying uh, invade such and such a planet, um, I don't see why, if there's a garrisoned set of faction players, I don't see why you wouldn't be up against them. All right, well... You know, obviously we need more info. Um, I think it's all around cool. Um, the only thing I guess we'd be iffy about is that whole, the you know, loyalty points and, you know, how that's going to be earned. And again, that comes from, you know, you don't want a 14-year-old, you know, kicking your ass or whatever or leading and... Hey, hey, you know what? <laughs> if this 14-year-old puts in the time to play this game and gets good at this game, let him kick your ass. Who cares? Um, yeah, kicking ass, I, guess, I don't mind. You know. If they beat me, that's great. I'm just saying, from my point of view, um, I want people with some strategic background, intelligence, you know, overall game plan, making the decisions on what planets are being taken next. That's what I prefer. Yeah. Be cool gotcha. to have, like, some sort of a election system. Okay. Well, I mean, as far as the, the Merc units, just like anything where you can do a player-created thing, if if it's not going your way, you don't like how it's going, 
man up and start your own thing. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. Uh, I mean, it sounds to me like they're not going to have any real command level decisions unless you, I don't know, unless there's some sort of faction unit creation thing, which wasn't really discussed. It sounds more like it's just going to give them access to different stuff. Like maybe that's how they're going to do the uh, the weight class divisions. Like if you're a private, they'll only give you a light mech. If you, as you get higher, maybe you get up to assaults and that sort of thing. Doesn't sound like they're going to be able to boss you around. Yeah. All right, the boss of me. You're not the boss to talk about Hesh. Last one is Lone Wolf players. Um, it says, as a lone wolf, the players can earn loyalty points through participation in random matches. Again, random matches. Uh, however, these LPs have no positive nev negative implications. A lone wolf player uh, does not have any ranks. And I think you're going to see a lot of people that fall into this category, especially one, it's free to play, so player base. And two, you, you do have a lot of people that basically, you know, uh, real life comes first. Um, you know, their families, whatnot, or they're working, and maybe they only have half an hour to hop on, blow shit up, and then get off. And, um, you know, it's definitely understandable um, because, you know, like games like Eve, when you get really in depth as far as, you know, um, alliances and combat and what you know there's certain ops you got to be at there certain times you got to have this but same thing's going to happen in mwo um and if you just don't have the time well top in and blow shit up you know i hate those two words random matches i just muted my girlfriend <laughs> I <know> what she called. <laughs> so she understands she, what she dedication calls it, man she, she calls <laughs> it she calls game. it my she knows Wednesday, uh, Wednesdays normally are my, my nerd time when I record, by the way, so she didn't know about this, but it's alright. And then, obviously, disclaimer, they said, we're committed to releasing information about beta-ready concepts only. Uh, however, some ideas and concepts are still subject to change after testing. So, a lot of this is just on paper, or, or I would say maybe it's on paper or being implemented in code and stuff and blah blah blah. So some of them might change. Uh, they might get into beta testing, and that LP system, you know, totally doesn't work, and they may have to switch it up and and whatnot. So uh, awesome information. I'm actually pretty excited about next Wednesday. To I mean, you know, maybe they're going to release info about. You know, light mechs and scout mechs. I mean, they're talking about community warfare, or well, that would be more information warfare. But there's something like, what are the, what are the, you know, merc names you can choose? Is it anything? Are there ones that are set in stone? Because they did say, um, you know, once you pick a name, if you say we're going to create the Calhounds, um, well, no one else can create the Calhounds, and they pretty much said that, and they're going to have moderators, so. Let's move on to the next part of our podcast. And uh, first off, and I know you guys liked it. I know, uh, um, it, you know, personally, I asked this guy to do it a while ago. Azure Tempest on the forums, he did the, the Timberwolf tribute. Uh, we've talked about him uh, previously in another podcast. Um, I actually contacted him and see uh, if he was interested in making us a, a background of sorts um, for the uh, website. And he did. And, uh, you know, I gave him some, he asked me, you know, what, I, and I was like, look, you do you. Um, I'd like to sort of see 3048 mechs. And he came up with the Centurion. 
the locust and the catapult. And if you don't know what's getting blown up in the back, it's the the what's called Jagger Mech. Some people call it Jagger Mech. Uh, deserves to get its head blown. It's so freaking ugly. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, FD, anyways, get on that. <laughs> I'd like to thank you, Chris. Uh, you did awesome again, and I'm, he's going to be working on some other stuff uh, for us uh, in the future. Um, and uh, again, I appreciate it. It's really cool. Um, the next thing is No Guts, No Galaxy, Hyperpulse Radio. And uh, actually listening right now uh, is Steven. Uh, he goes by Sedition. And uh, we sort of played tag for a little bit. He had this idea. Um, and we finally got in contact. And, and basically we're mer- sort of merging. We want to keep all these things together as, as, as a community, especially as under you know No Guts, No Galaxy. And uh, uh, it's about to go live on our website. And I know some of you guys have already start, started to listen. Um, and uh, nothing but positive feedback. Um, I will tell you that in the future... And he's already started to make some connections with certain individuals. Um, we do plan on having sort of like a, uh, it, it's called like Eve Radio, where it's all the time and there's DJs. And uh, depending on if we can, we, we're going to do competitions, you know, stuff like that, giveaways when the game's launched. Uh, really excited about it. If you have any interest, if you have any skills in, you know, audio, um, get in contact with him. I know he'd appreciate it. A lot of cool stuff with that. So Brandon, do you wanna do you wanna go into our forum questions? We didn't we didn't have a ton, but uh, do you wanna go over the the few? Yeah, certainly. Um, the only one I really noticed that asked an actual question that we can actually probably talk on a little bit was by Cytorak, uh, and his question was in regards to uh, our thoughts on faction size, uh, whether it be a number of players. Or how should that be balanced in some way? If you have any experience with this issues in any other forms of games, uh, he wants to hear our stories. And basically just how the game will balance our factions out. Uh, Craig, I think you need to respond. Especially, I mean, your experience in, in EVE, you've been around for a while, you know, you've seen the alliances, you've seen the you know coalitions come and go, fade, grow, and disappear. What do you think? Is there any worries of faction size or that ability to sort of ally up? You know, it may not be, um, you know, official where you can actually do something in MWO as far as standings with someone. But what are your thoughts on on those issues? I think the lesson from Eve is that, you know, if it's possible for players to have collective interests, then any game mechanic trying to limit the size of that alliance is going to backfire and players are going to do a workaround for it. So before there were even alliances in EVE, there were just corporations, and there were no standings, but the corporations had do-not-shoot lists. Then they had standings, they did the massive standings for corporations, then they did alliances, so the corporations became alliances. Then when the alliances weren't big enough, you know, they found alliances that didn't like the alliances they were fighting, they got standings with them, and so on and so forth. So I think what you're going to need to have is some sort of uh, mechanic limiter system about people that can engage, and I think they're sort of hinting at that with the match system. So like, even if you have three or four groups working together at any one time, it's just a company versus company fight. Or, create there to be enough incentives that, you know, a Merc Corp really wants to work on its own you know 
monetary or salvage rights or a glory or something like that, there's got to be some major drawback to needing to work together with somebody else. Yeah, yeah. And my personal experience, too, with EVE is, is just like uh, what uh, Greg said is they will find ways. Your player base, if um, it is in my benefit to be buddies with the guys next door and to help, uh, you know, help us out and being that sort of ally, no one really can get through it. It does cause issues. And then what you see is, you know, basically the inner sphere sort of, you know, the maps are, it's like one side against others or you have uh, time zones. Uh, time zones are a huge issue. I mean, um, well, we've got the Russians in EVE. Um, Russians yeah. fight everyone. And then you've got German Euros, and then you've got U.S. Can I mean you've got literally time zones um, that just sort of rally together, and they'll they'll be best buddies, and uh, it, it does create some issues as far as PvP is concerned. I don't think we'll see as many issues, obviously, because it'll be match based and, and stuff like that. But it's something to to look at is. Uh, if for some odd reason the leaders in the factions of Davion and you know um, the Chameleon Confederation, they you know they're buddies, and so they never launch attacks against each other, and that sort of sort of brings up small problems. But I don't know. Good question, Sadrak. Very good question. As far as size, um, I mean, obviously you saw the map. I think uh, factions are going to be huge. I think they'll be your your biggest as far as units. Are concerned. I mean, what are you guys' thoughts on that? Do you think there should be a player limit for mercs? Honestly, I I don't think so. As long as you can field them uh, and pay for travel and everything like that, I think you should be able to have. No, I, I agree. Especially with the uh, they've got that thing where they have to be active, or else they're going to be a drag on your total membership. There's going to be a lot of self-correcting pressure there for player size. Get down to the top, oh. I I pretty much agree, but I think we need more information before you know that can be really answered about how everything works. Okay, and I think uh, do we got a question that just sort of just ar arose? Um, now uh, this question was from. Whew, I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm just gonna <laughs> say SS Swigelf or Swig something. God, gosh, you and your aliases. Um, and we've got... We've already talked about the faction players. This is something... Um, could the trade be in technology versus control? Or uh, do faction players get better mech and equipment but less say-so in how they use them? I would actually probably say it'd be reverse. I, I would think is if you're a faction, you're sort of given uh, only... And this is one thing as far as technology, too... Uh, we've talked about in the past is are there certain mechs only available to factions and uh, they're very very rare to get so if you are Davion um, it's very hard to get you know uh, Karita mechs whereas if you're a Merc maybe the, the market's different because you can you know do and buy and sell from whoever you want resources are going to be super limited compared to a house military exactly I mean unless you're just you know the hot shit right so even if i mean they're really the only mercs to rival that kind of power over the kelhounds and uh wolf's dragoons aside from those two units there's not even a single one that could 
remotely claim parity. You did have quite a few mercs that actually had planets, and and I mean, uh, Great Death yes, Legion, Kellhounds, and I know. But what I'm saying is, like, they, I mean, they didn't have the numbers. They didn't have, uh, you know, hundreds of regiment, you know, regiment regiments of mechs around the inner sphere. I mean, they would have a few battalions, maybe a you know one or two regiments, and that's it. I know Kellhounds had a few regiments, but that's only one, you know. But that's also interesting, you know, as far as the war, uh, community warfare. One thing I think that goes into the warfare is how does the market work? I'd like to know a little bit about that because that does tie into the community and being able to buy or purchase or cut off supplies. You know, is there trade lines, you know, trade routes you can cut off or, you know, certain types of missions that are hit and raid or whatever? Or even even bribes, like say you have a mercenary company on a world, and you you won that world. What if you offer them either sea bills or technology or mechs for them to just you know kind of go away for a little bit as you take that planet? I'm wondering if multiple units can um, you know imagine a merc corp hiring another merc corp to go in, and I think we touched on this. If you have a planet um, that is well defended by a player-owned Merc Corp, and you sort of know their size and, and amount of you know mechs they have and whatnot, and you may not quite want to put your guys at risk or your stuff, but you have a little bit of extra money and you hire someone else to go in before you and soften them up. I mean, it sort of adds that sort of uh, you know layer you know to the you know strategy and tactics and warfare i would say so uh all right let's move on now um yesterday i saw this it was uh, it was actually uh went over to mechtech.net um i checked there on our our post and whatnot and as soon as i came over a new game was announced and it is MechWarrior tactical command now the funny thing about this is and darren you, you can you and i think i don't know if brandon was here when we had news of MWO back, you know, when the Twitters and stuff and before that, did I not say I thought there was two games in development? And the reason being is someone on uh, Twitter had asked, well, what about a Mech Commander game? You know, I really love that. And someone, I can try to find it, uh, not, I don't know if it was a dev member or something that said, um, like, already in the works, uh, you know, something like that to that effect. And then we got news of MechWare Online, and we're like, oh, okay, I guess this is what it was about. Well, MechWare Tactical Command, if you haven't been there, um, we'll be getting a link up on our website, but uh, you can check it out. It is uh, MechWarriorTC.com. Uh, they have a little trailer clip, which looks very um, like the uh, 2009 sort of demo trailer, sort of. Um, but it, basically what they, they're saying is it's going to be sort of like a Mech Commander. It is for the iOS, though. I, I love how the Atlas is always used as that last, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Mechtech.net um, is obviously involved with this this uh, this game. And um, I'm sorry for all the, the ums, but uh, this medicine's kicking in. But the cool thing is that another part of the community in Mechtech that, that's been working on the MechWare for, you know, for years now is finally... Going to be able to give back in a whole nother light. The only negative thing, though, that right now is it doesn't say it's coming out for PC, which I'm totally bummed about. But uh, 
They have some pretty cool mechs already, some pitchers. We've got the Enforcer, um, Panther, Wolfhound, the Caesar. Um, Love the Caesar. <laughs> it's it's a cool mech, uh, Double Blind, the, the novel. It's the only no- novel I really remember it being in. And so what are your guys' thoughts? I mean, you've had some of you. I, I just told Brandon about this today. But uh, what are your thoughts about it just being iOS? Are you, are you positive? Are you negative? Do you even own an iPhone or iPad or tablet or whatever? I don't like <laughs> exclusivity. I own a Droid, and I'd love to play the game, but, you know, can't change that. Same here. I, all I have is a simple Android phone, so I hope they get the port. That's all I can really hope for. <laughs> I mean, I'm still playing Mech Commander Gold, so if this comes out, there goes another couple days of my life. What about you, Greg? Are, are you partial and partial? Um, they can droid. suck it. Um, I like the idea, but, yeah, it's, it's kind of a non-issue for me because I'm not going to be able to play it. I have no intention of getting an iPhone anytime soon. You well, know, it's, I think this is an interesting move because... Uh, probably most MacWarrior fans are PC users and aren't don't own Apple products, so I don't know why they went this route. I'm I'm super happy that there's another MacWarrior game out there. The more the merrier, but it just seems kind of weird to me. Actually, well, something was... just uh, struck me when it says ISO. That would be also the iPod Touch as well, wouldn't it? It would. I think it's probably yeah. All the above. Well, I, I mean, was talking to Steven about this, and Steven works for a company that develops apps. And he, you know, we all know that mobile apps and games and stuff, I mean, it's a huge hit, huge market. Uh, you know, eventually, you know, stuff, games, computers, and all that are going to have a big, it's going to change. Um, but why didn't they exactly like Darren said, and I mentioned to Steven, why they know their community are, you know, in their, in their late, you know, early thirties to, you know, fifties, some of them in your know, early twenties as well. Why are they going the iOS route and not, and maybe they will, they, they may go PC later on after they get it established. We don't know because, you know, it is a possibility. This is weird to me the same way that Eve doing their first-person shooter on console was weird to me. Dust? Yeah. Well, I understand Dust, but it's it's this is almost like if you took uh, MWO and then you created this uh, just like MWO, but it's called, you know, Tactical Command and you got to make that. I, I just I just don't know. Anyways, it looks cool. Um, I'll definitely yep. follow it. We'll definitely follow it as NGNG. Um, I love Mech Commander. I, as we're much all just as I, pissed because we're not going to get to play it. Yeah, <laughs> fucking, I mean, it's one of those Bitter. things that I, I want a Mech Commander game updated new, like Battle to And I think that's the cool thing about um, Mech Commander is you can do a Battletech almost tabletop rendition um, and a lot of people, I love Battletech, I love the tabletop, and I, I do want to see a three-dimensional sort of, you know, real-world, um, like Mech Commander with the tabletop, you can do it. Whereas a Mech Warrior game, um, you have to change things, um, you know, because the TT doesn't translate to. And so, you know, I think it would be cool. Um, you know, I'll put it out there that if we, if we were all the, the members of this podcast to um, get 
iPads in the mail or something like that, <laughs> then we would be happy to test out this game and give some reviews on it. You know, I, I think I could bite my lip and, and tough through it. I, I you know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but definitely interesting. Um, uh, I can promise you guys we are, we're going to have a surprise guest speaker not too soon, and we may be able to do a, a, a special um, podcast, uh, hopefully within a week or so before Wednesday, um, and get some get some information from a a person in the MechWarrior community that's that's been out there, everyone really knows him, um, and I'm looking forward to being able to collaborate with him more, and um, he was he was the guy we were supposed to have in our first one, and uh, um, I found out why I hadn't heard from him in a while. So we've got MechWare Tactical Command, keep up to date, we'll keep up to date, we'll inform you. It's, it's looking interesting, I mean, now we've got two products out of nowhere, and the time frame they said was 2009, so I think what happened in 2009, two different sort of games branched out and uh i was right even though i didn't know i was right that there was gonna be two games um, yes bk you were right you know it's it's hard but uh <laughs> all right so that's about it um i would like to say if you listen to the podcast uh give us your feedback give us your info but by all means again uh just to iterate none of this what we say uh is the the n word uh what we're trying to do is just get what you guys, um, you know, write down in questions. And we like, we're trying to discuss that, get different perspectives and stuff like that. So uh, if we mess up again, we're only human. Um, if, uh, you know, you take us so serious that you never listen to another podcast again, I'm not going to lose sleep over it, guys. <laughs> and I don't think anybody else is. Um, we're here to help. And uh, You better take me serious, damn it. You know, whatever, dude. Always serious, all the time. Um, and then I'd like to uh, basically uh, check us out on Facebook again. Give us your info. If not on the, the forums, hit us up on Facebook. Give us a like. Uh, and again, I'd like to thank uh, uh, Alec. Um, he's our Scottish sound engineer. He's the one who's basically listening, recording, and then he, he takes the time to, to edit and revise all of our ums and mistakes and screw-ups as best he can. But, uh, well, he, he simply knows that if he doesn't do it, he's not going to get food for the week. <laughs> well, we'll just put him out on the corner. So. <laughs> but this has been your local No Guts, No Galaxy podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. This is Philip. This is Darren. This is Patrick Hell. This is Greg. And until next time, MechWarriors, we'll see you. <laughs>